Have you ever wondered what it actually takes to gift good gifts? Have you ever thought about why some people just seemingly know you better or know what to give you more so than maybe your boyfriend or your sister or even your parents? Well, today I have two surprises for you. It is going to be a holiday-themed episode. I'm talking to gift-giving expert Lilith, who happens to be a psychologist and quantum manifestator. She'll tell us all about it. And because it's the holidays, I have something even special for you. So stick around, listen to the episode, and wait for the end because something amazing is coming. Let's go! Hola, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pretty Sure Podcast, the podcast where we talk about life, love, travel, business, and everything in between. Life tends to get messy sometimes, and nobody really taught us how to live it. With your new best friend, confidant, and host, yours truly, Sabrina. I will always have your back, and it is my mission that you never feel alone again, because I'm always here. So fasten your seatbelts, because the ride is about to get really bumpy. Welcome to season two, Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Pretty Sure. Okay, I am super excited about this episode because if you don't know, I am a Christmas freak. I absolutely love the holidays, seriously. Like, come Halloween, come Thanksgiving, I'm already thinking about what we're going to do for Christmas. I'm already thinking, obviously, about pumpkin pie. Um, mulled wine and all of those things. I am the type of person that comes November 15th, I'm already purchasing tree ornaments, thinking about a tree, and most importantly, listening to Mariah Carey and all of the Christmas songs. I have a playlist that I can count the days till it's November where it's socially acceptable to listen to Christmas music out in public because otherwise in my house, you can guarantee throughout the year I listen to Christmas songs. So today I have, like I mentioned, two um, surprises for you. So one, it is going to be a holiday theme, which I'm super excited because we're going to be talking all about gift giving with an expert. And we're also going to be talking about how to deal with the holidays if you feel lonely or if you're sad or whatever it is. But most importantly, because it is a time of giving and it is a time of thinking about what presents you're going to give, who you're going to buy stuff for, and what the hell you're even going to get your friend's boyfriend partner, girlfriend, or parents. I partnered up with the Scartlet Lady LA, which is a hilarious, amazing candle brand who, by the way, like I've mentioned before, I am actually vegan. So they are pretty sustainable. They use all natural soy wax and they don't bleach their candle wicks. So you can imagine my excitement when, first of all, I found them, they contacted me, and secondly, I realized that they are also really, really bold, which means they have jokes. They are just incredible, incredible brand. And even the shipping materials they use are sustainable. So obviously, I partnered with them, and it is my pleasure to 
offer you the Calm Your Tits discount code for the Scarlet Lady LA. So if you want to buy candles for your friends, that's a perfect gift for your lover. If you want them to understand your humor a bit more, definitely go to the Scarlet Lady LA and I will link it in the description. You have a discount code with me, 10% off. And you can just go directly, link it in the description, go and buy your candles for Christmas. It is a perfect stocking stuffer, although it may be a tad bigger than your usual stocking stuffer, but great present nevertheless. And so without further ado, after this lovely introduction, I would like to introduce you to Lilith, the gift-giving expert and psychology expert. She does a lot more than that, but she will tell us a little bit more about it. So welcome, Lilith and please tell us your story. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, what you were saying about being a Christmas fanatic, I feel the entirely same way. Like I was that person in like middle school and high school, whereas the days went on in December, I would add more and more jingle to my body. So I would put on different earrings or different bracelets or like multiple of them. And there was actually this one class where a teacher had to stop teaching and asked me to take it off. So that way I stopped jingling when I was writing notes. It was so much fun. <laughs> so I totally feel you. Oh my God, I love that. And uh, I actually also, um, I start listening to Christmas music or watch a Christmas movie in June because you know how people usually get like seasonal depression in the winter months. I actually have it reversed sometimes to where I miss Christmas so much that I need it <laughs> six months into the regular year, even when I'm at the beach. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. But like Christmas movies are basically just romantic comedies. Like let's, let's get that out of the way. They're basically exactly. romantic comedies. They're good cries. So if you're feeling bad, just like watch a Christmas movie, you're guaranteed to cry, whether because of the spirit, whether because like the sappy love story, whatever it is. But I usually watch them to cry, to be honest. So, you know, you're perfectly allowed. Just don't even call them holiday movies. They're just romantic comedies. <laughs> You said Halloween movies. That's hilarious. I think you said Halloween in our messages earlier, too. That's so funny. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's the thing. This year is the first year that I never had got to wear, like, a costume because I'm visiting my family, had nothing to do, nowhere to go. So I think I'm traumatized by the fact that I didn't actually wear a Halloween costume, that I just keep calling it Halloween, so. Probably. You're, like, stuck in October. (laughs) (laughs) If it happens, you know, I mean mean Christmas movies, so, you know. Yeah. Okay, so tell us your story. Yeah, um, so I'm actually a quantum manifestation mentor and human design expert, Um, It's much easier to just say psychology expert because that kind of goes to all of it instead of the other stuff. But um, I started my entrepreneurship journey pretty much when I started thinking about it when I was in high school because I always knew that I never wanted to work for anybody else. And I really liked just doing my own thing and not necessarily that I couldn't follow directions. I just didn't want to and I wanted to be more creative. I like to do things in a very unique and different way. (laughs) And it's like, I'd rather set my own standards instead of having to live up somebody else's. So that's kind of how I got started with all of that. And I've always, always been so intrigued and just interested in the human mind and our experience and really people behavior. And I think most of my books, actually, I have like three to four shelving units full of books and at least two thirds of that is psychology books alone, like textbooks and everything. I will read that. 
for fun. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so my first question is, did you end up studying psychology or was it more of like, I'm going to take courses and stuff like that because I need to be specifically an expert in the things that I like rather than just like overall psychology? So I actually took a psychology class when I was in high school. And I guess the the way that I really started getting more into psychology is because I always felt like the weird kid or like the person who just had the, such a different personality and different interests than everybody else that I was kind of searching for like my people in a way. So it wasn't until I found, um, it's called the MBTI test, Myers-Briggs personality test. And I took that test and I got INFJ. And reading that description about myself, about my personality, and knowing that there was other people out there that was like me was like my first epiphany into, oh my God, I'm not alone. <laughs> like, it was fantastic because I've been known to be a very complex and like contradictive person because there are definitely times like I'm always making jokes, I'm always silly, but I will have the deepest, longest conversations with people about things that like, seemingly don't even show up in the world or like don't even matter to people sometimes so it's so it's so funny and it's like it's it's so nice just to get into that world so after I found all of that and after I just kind of started looking into it um I think I took one more course on psychology in college but I didn't major in it and at one point I did actually want to be a psychologist and therapists and like helping people, but I didn't like all the rules and regulations around it because you're not allowed to like answer people if you know the answer to what they're asking you mm-hmm. and all these different like things. And for good reason too, obviously there's mental health and stuff like that. Plus I've always been, I've had anxiety ever since I can remember. And I've also had a lot of clinical depression in my past too. So really psychology is like where I needed to be because it just helped me so much grow through so much of it and like get rid of my anxiety and learn to manage my depression when it comes. And it's just been so helpful. So That's amazing. And so did you start taking like specific courses afterwards? Did you find a specific route in psychology? Like how did you find your way? Because obviously there's clinical psychology, there's child psychology, there's like a hundred different things after you decided, you know, I don't actually want to be a psychologist. How do I still implement psychology in my life? So for me, it was really more about the human behavior because I was very, very interested in why we do what we do. And what leads us to be the way that we are. And that stems from me not like really knowing that anybody else was like me until I was, I want to say 20, like right around 20 when I found that out. Um, So that's how I really started navigating it in the field that I went towards more so. So it wasn't really ever like child psychology, although I do still study about the human behavior and childhood traumas and things like that, because obviously that's part of human development. Mm -hmm. But I really just started with one, I think, like one or two psychology textbooks. And then I kind of pick and chose what I felt like was right for me at the time during my studies. And then pretty much just followed my intuition with it and had more and more conversations with people. And then they would ask me certain questions and that would get me started. And, you know, I would go and research it and then come back. I've actually, I've researched so many things that one of my favorite things that I've ever created and ever made 
was my own personal study on why cereal is better when you put the milk in before the cereal and not after the cereal. And I've literally created graphs and charts about it. <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, that's so interesting. And so tell us a little bit about what quantum manifestation is, and then we'll go into the human development. No, what did you say it was? Human design. Human design, yes. Okay, yeah. so what is quantum manifestation? So quantum manifestation is like really a step further into manifestation. Uh, manifestation is what I call goal setting and goal achievement. And it's intentionally setting your goals and following the inspired actions or the hits of inspiration that you get to achieve those goals. Um, quantum manifestation is more about embodying embodying where you want to be and why you want to be there so that you can be there in your physical reality at the same time. So it's more about visualizing and scripting and getting into the mindset because a lot of the things that stop people from manifesting are the how and the like when or where questions. But we don't have really control over that. We have control over what we want and why we want it. So uh, I think one of the biggest things of why quantum manifestation rather than just regular manifestation is because of the fact that once you get rid of the fact of the how and the when, like you just, you, you get it so much quicker and it's literally amazing to see it happening. And one of the things that really helps me kind of get into that mindset is thinking about, you know, the fact that of what I literally do already have in my sight of view right now, like my journal that I have right next to me. If I was to say that I want to manifest this specific journal and I'm doing it with quantum manifestation and embodying it, there's no question about how or when I'm going to get it because I already have it. If I was to really get into that embodiment, I am visualizing myself having it because literally what I have right now I already have it. There's no question of how or when I'm going to get it because I already do. So it's really interesting to me and it kind of takes psychology in a whole new direction for me. So that's like where my intrigue is going. So that's amazing. You know, that's actually one of the struggles that I personally have with manifestation because I've dabbled in it. You know, I have had mindset coaches, business coaches, and a couple of them were just like, yeah, manifest, visualize what you want. And I'm like, I'm the type of person that needs to see it before actually having it right and so whenever people are like just write it down just write a list of gratitude saying thanks for whatever the love of my life thanks for a million bucks and I'm like yeah okay I'm writing it but my brain is like has a disconnect because I don't have it in front of me so I can't be like thank you for the love of my life that I'm right now holding hands with while I'm writing this you know exactly and that's something that stops a lot of people and that's also how I use human design to help people as well because human design is like take any psychology personality test you've ever taken and take astrology. If you've ever looked up your birth natal chart in astrology and it goes so much deeper than just like your regular Zodiac sun sign and like marry those two. And that's pretty much what human design is. There are, it's a synthesized system that actually takes, you know, different, um, scientific facts and like proven facts like genetics and biology and things like that. And it marries it to astrology and the I Ching and the hexagrams and the Kabbalah, the tree of life. 
And literally it gives you this whole picture on who you are at a soul level and not just at a personality level. Cause all you have to do is put in your birth time and not answer any questions. Like it's just literally from your birth. So it more explains it about your energy in your body. And then your mind is your personality. And it kind of like, that's how you can actually use everything together to bypass your mind in it. And there's a ton of different manifestation methods and really what works for you won't necessarily work for somebody else. So embodiment isn't right for everybody because of the fact that people aren't sure how to feel it within them right, right here, right now. You know, and that's why I try to give as practical as examples as possible, you know, to make sure that it's like, okay, if you were to see it and feel it right here, right now, like literally this notebook that you have right next to you that you are seeing feeling, just visualize that same thing, but with the new one that you want. Same thing, like if you want a new phone or if you want like a different cup or something like that. And that's what I usually say, but there's so many different ways. And also in human design, it'll tell you your cognition or, um, your, your sense, your greatest sense. So for me, it's outer vision in my environment. So when I see something, it helps me to integrate it into my mind, which is why visualizing really helps me because I need to see it or like, I literally need to have it in my environment, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's also the taste, the smell, the touch, you know, uh, inner vision. And I think I'm missing one, but these are the different types of things that you learn about in human design or you learn about through human design that can actually help you with manifestation. And that's how I use it in there to help even more. Cause it's just so much easier once you're like, Oh, finally. Okay. Now I know why this is this. So I can use this. It's taking those things that you weren't necessarily sure about. You knew that you had, you know, human design isn't like this shocking thing where, you know, you're being told something that you never thought was ever possible. It's more of like a deep sense of knowing and validation and confirmation of like, oh, that's why this is that. Okay, that makes more sense. Let's see how I can use it. So, yeah. Mm, okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. And I feel like that would be the way to go for me specifically in terms of manifestation because trust me, it's been like a whirlwind. People are like, just visualize. I'm like, how the hell do you even visualize? Like, I can't see anything. I can't picture myself. Right. So it's been a struggle, but I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one that also struggles with that. So cool yeah. beans. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you've manage to turn that into kind of like becoming the gift giving expert amongst your friends? Like, do you use everything that you know about psychology to kind of like help you gift or how, how did that love for gift giving come for you? Because I know we talked about a little bit off air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my, both of my love languages for receiving and giving are gifts. So literally I was made this way, I want to say, um, just because, well, that in like quality time, they were tied for a little while, but I think gift giving has surpassed. But this is part of psychology too, because learning about your love language is a part of your personality, which is part of psychology. So it really all fits together there. Um, and I think where people get stuck on that one as well is that they feel like their love language is one or the other, either giving or receiving, or it's used like the same thing for both. And very rarely does someone actually have both of the same type. So someone will usually have words of affirmation as they're giving love language, something that they give to other people and how they show other people that they love them and appreciate them and all that. 
And some people will actually receive words of affirmation instead, and they'll have like acts of service as they're giving. So it's like, it's figuring out what your two are and you don't even need to have to like taste, take a test about it. Just the more that you learn about it, the more you'll be like, Oh, this is why I always constantly text my friends. And I'm like, Hey, just so you know, I randomly appreciate you and I love you. And I hope that (laughs) you're doing good, (laughs) you know, that or like, um, doing the dishes for somebody or that's one of my moms. Uh, she's very big on acts of service <laughs> for like just anything that she doesn't have to do that like somebody else can do for her. That's her receiving love language and her giving love language is more quality time. But yeah, so mm-hmm. it's really, it's really interesting. That's how I got into wow. really understanding all about gift giving and just the enjoyment of gifts. So See, that's really interesting to know because I always thought it was just kind of like one, like you were either a receiver and you receive or you like, no, like, yeah, whatever. You understand me. Yeah. (laughs) I always thought it was one. I never thought it was two. And then there was one specifically to give and one specifically to receive. So that is fascinating. I think I'm definitely going to go into it and check a bit more because now I'm curious to know which one I am. I think I have an idea, but at the same time, I'd love to confirm. So, okay. How do you actually find a perfect gift for someone? Like not, let's not even talk about gift guides because there are like hundreds of those on the internet, you know, especially with like COVID and whatever things that you can buy online, whatever you want for other people. But how do you actually give a gift, good gift? Because it is more complicated than it seems. Yeah. And it really comes down to understanding the relationship that you have with the other person and understanding the other person from how they experience their life or how they perceive gifts. And you can figure this out more so by just observing them and really looking at what they tend to appreciate more. For example, me personally, I love coffee. Coffee is like, if coffee could be a love language, it would be one of my top love languages. (laughs) because of the fact that I always have a cup of coffee. Like I've worked in other different coffee shops, you know, when I was younger and I just love coffee. So anything related to coffee, like coffee mugs, I counted the other day, I have 51 coffee mugs. So literally like it is one of the best presents. And one of my friends actually just got me a gift randomly that was like a best friend, you know, mug set, but she took one of them and I had the other. And I was like, yes, I get another one. You know, it's never too many because that's something that I truly appreciate and I will use in the future. So it really comes down to understanding the other person and what they like and kind of meeting them where they're at. Mm -hmm. What happens if you don't know the person that well? Like, let's say you just got into a relationship, you've been dating for maybe a month, two months, whatever it is, and you decide, you know what, we're at the point where I want to give this person a Christmas gift, holiday gift, whatever religion you practice. How do you go about stuff like that if it's kind of like a stranger, let's say? Honestly, I would say to have a conversation about it because of the fact that in my, when I was younger, in my previous relationships, when I didn't talk to people about it, I would get gifts that I would appreciate getting because they gave it to me. But once I had that conversation about, okay, these are the types of things that I like to receive. These are the types of things that I would rather get than something that I'm not going to use or whatever it is. Having that honest conversation will just dispel all of the fear about whether or not somebody's going to like something that you're going to get them. And I mean, half the time people want to surprise them with the gift itself. 
So just don't even ask for like, okay, what specifically do you want? You can be like, what types of gifts do you like receiving? What are your favorite things to use throughout the day? What are your favorite things? What are your favorite gifts that you've gotten in the past? You know, you can judge it from what they've gotten in the past and what they remember and what they really appreciate. And yeah, you can just, I I would definitely say have a conversation about it. It's just going to be so much easier for you. (laughs) Just get curious, ask them things, you know, what they like. And like you were mentioning what the, what they usually use on a daily basis. And in terms of giving like physical presence or something that'll make them feel better, like a nice warm, I don't know, a spa thing or something that's not monetary that you can't touch. How do you go about that? And do you recommend one over the other? Let's see. So you said, how do you go about giving non-tangible gifts? Yeah. Things that aren't, that you still open, but they aren't literally like a blanket or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And then do I recommend one over the other? Honestly, it depends on your person. (laughs) Um, Some people are minimalist, so they won't want an extra present that's a material thing because of the fact that they are very, they, they curate their surroundings very specifically. So getting them a gift card to go shopping for something that they want, that would be a better gift than probably getting them something tangible instead. Um, Just because of the fact that if they take care of literally where everything is and they have a specific place for everything and where everything goes, getting them an extra gift is very nice. It's a nice gesture, but it might not be the exact thing that they want. And it really... Again, it really depends on the person just because of the fact that like if you're trying to do something more romantic, I mean, buying something nice that is, you know, an experience, that's still a fantastic gift. And if it's something that you can do together and their um let's say their love language is quality time, bonus points. That is what I would say like uh to kind of curate your gifts around if they have the acts of service or quality time, then I would do both of those as something that is more non-tangible. That way you can spend time with them or that way they can get something done for them without having to do it themselves. Mm, Okay. I love that approach. So it definitely doesn't matter if you want to give monetary, if you want to give um, gift card, if you want to give just something sentimental, basically think about the person ask them questions if you don't really know them or kind of like even, I guess, ask their friends or family members maybe if you don't want to ask them directly and surprise them, right? That would also be a good way of going about it. Yeah, definitely. People who know them the best. So that would be like their closest friends. And uh, depending on how close they are to their family, that would give you a a good idea of who to go to first. Because if they're like best friends with their mom, go to their mom. (laughs) If they're best friends with their brother, go to their brother. If they are best friends with their best friend that's not related, go to that person, you know, and navigate it through them. I love that. How, okay, wait, I had this question and then I totally forgot. So yes, family. Obviously with family, it's a bit more complicated because some parents might be like, I just want you to give me perfumes every year because I don't want anything else. How do you go about that if you're kind of like a creative person and you want to gift better gifts, but they don't kind of like, they're not open to receiving. And I know this comes again to knowing them, but let's say you have a dad that's always like, I either want shoes or I want a perfume. I don't want anything else. But you're like, I've been giving my dad for 25 years or 27 or 30 or whatever it is, a perfume every Christmas. I'm tired. I want to give something else. I don't know where to start. 
How do you go about those situations? So I actually tested this one out uh, last year and because I'm a very creative person as well. And I make mugs and I've made pillows and different things like that. So last year I actually gifted mugs that I made and pillows that I made. And it really went to like the person and you can make it about what they like. So for instance, one of my friends, um, we used to play Halo together all the time on Xbox when we were in high school. Like that was our thing. So I made him a mug and I drew on with like some paint pens, the, the Halo like logo Mm. and he loved it, you know, and he's not a huge coffee drinker or at least he wasn't before he met me because you know, me and coffee. So so now he does. However, (laughs) he now uses that mug all the time because it represents something about our relationship and something that's sentimental to both of us. So I think that would be the place to start. And the same thing with pillows. So my boyfriend's family, actually, um, I don't know them very well. Like they live in a different state, but I still wanted to do something for them. And I was creating pillows because I was giving some to my mom because she's a very physical touch person um, in her environment. She's not a Mm -hmm. receiver of the gifts of physical touch, but she likes to touch things. Like she has very comfortable blankets around her and she has very nice pillows and she likes everything to be perfect the way it is. So I made some fuzzy white pillows that would go with her decor in her home. And she loved them because of the fact that they were white, they were touchable, they were fuzzy, and they went with her decor. You know, so it, it really just depends on that. And then also, since I didn't know the people, um, I had asked my boyfriend what type of colors they liked. And so I just kind of went on through that. So it's their favorite color, or it goes with, you know, again, the furniture that they have. So it's trying to find a way to personalize it to to either them or to your relationship with them and it's going to be something that's more sentimental and yeah it's just a way to let go of um kind of the stipulation of no only this because my mom used to be only candles like I could only get candles because she always uses candles and I was like oh my god I'm I'm like I'm so tired of getting you candles like good god like you have like a (laughs) hundred I'm ready to do something else (laughs) Okay, that's a great way to go about it. Because I feel like with family, especially that happens a lot. You know, I've heard from many friends that they're like, Oh, yeah, I only give this to my dad, because that's the only thing he wants. But like, I'm tired, but you know, I can't really give anything else. So I feel like that is really going to help open up the creativity doors per se. So speaking about um, what is the best gift you've ever gotten like in your life, the one that you're like, I always remember this, I always think about it. And it's like, top tier. So I have a couple, like, like I was telling you, we talked about this off air a little bit. Um, the first gift that I, after I had this conversation with my friends and I finally was like, okay, like, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are getting me gifts. Like I love getting gifts. It's, you know, my number one thing, (laughs) but I would really appreciate it more if it was something that I could use or something that, you know, cause I'm a very practical person and I love things that are comfortable too. So if I can use it and it's comfortable like literally jackpot for me. So one of my friends, after I had just talked to her about it, literally that Christmas, I think we had talked about it in October or something. And that Christmas, she had gotten me a blanket scarf, you know, and she didn't really know what kind of patterns I liked or what kind of colors I liked or anything. But I loved that scarf. Literally, that was the very first one that I was like, oh my God, this is life changing. I need to tell everybody about the fact that they need to have conversations with the people around them about the gifts that they're getting and giving because 
holy crap, this makes me feel so loved. I literally, I wore that scarf like so often. I still have that scarf. I got it maybe three years ago and I still have that scarf. I still use it. I still wash it. I still love it, you know? And it's just, it was so thoughtful and so matched to what I wanted that I was Mm -hmm. over the top. And I didn't even say anything about getting a scarf. Like she put two and two together about practical and comfort. And she came up with scarf because of the fact that I've worn scarves because we're in we're in Michigan that you know there's snow here <laughs> it's cold <laughs> so you know she was like she can use this this is really comfortable I love my own blanket scarves I'm gonna get her a blanket scarf and literally I had never had a blanket scarf before that and I will never go back <laughs> because I love it oh my god I love that that's a great anecdote and very important what you mentioned about talking to your friends I need to have that conversation so let's flip the script a little bit what happens if you're a person that likes to receive gifts but for some reason no one gives you gifts because I don't know for some reason you don't get gifts because I've heard of that happening, right? Like, for example, for my mom, she hates gifts. Like, she hates anything to do with Christmas. She doesn't like to celebrate her birthday. But for some reason, people just, like, gift her stuff. And she's like, I don't know why they do this. I don't like receiving gifts. And then on the contrary, for me, I absolutely adore receiving gifts. Like, if you give me a gift, I will flip out. It doesn't matter if I don't like it. I'll just be like, oh, my God, you gave me a gift. But I never get gifts. Like, it is really is something that baffles me. I never get gifts. Like it is very rarely that someone will be like, here, I thought of you for your birthday. And I'm like, what? You thought of me? So how do you go about those types of situations? Do you still talk to your friends? Because that's an awkward conversation to have, right? Like, hey friend, um, I love gifts. So I'm expecting mine for my, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is a really, really interesting topic to me because of the fact that I feel like it's a sign from the universe in a way to for each person. So we'll talk about um, your mom and how like really she gets gifts all the time, but she doesn't she doesn't want to get gifts. And really, it depends on the relationship and who's giving the gifts, because then it's like, okay, let's have this conversation about the fact like I really appreciate and you have to like stress this, you know, it's more about not you did this to me. And it's the same thing for like relationship fights and all that. But it's not you did this to me. It's like, I so much appreciate this. But I don't, I'm not the type of person who wants to receive gifts. I would rather receive blank. I would rather have this blank as a show of love or affection or something. You know, and it's giving them a different way to use that outlet or at least a different way to give something to you because usually get people are giving gifts because they want to show you that you're appreciated by them. So how else would you rather sh- like have somebody show you that you're appreciated by them? Would you rather receive a text message every once in a while about the fact that they appreciate you? Would you rather spend quality time like go out to the movies? Well, I mean not right now, <laughs> COVID. But you know, <laughs> would you rather go and um, spend time with them, like either at their house or something, or just kind of get together or have a video chat if they're, you know, across seas or something. Like what else can they do for you to show you this? And that's really, it. it's more about the fact of having that conversation. And yeah, it'll be awkward at first, but I mean, once you have that conversation, it's going to feel so much better. And yeah, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay. We've talked about gifting a lot. We've talked about Christmas and our obsession with it. Something that I'd love. Oh, I I forgot to talk about yours. 
Okay, let's go back. Let's Talk go, about let's go back. <laughs> um, yeah, so <clears throat> if you love giving gifts, but nobody gives you gifts, this is what I what I took as a sign to give yourself gifts because I was that person. When I was younger, I used to get like some gifts, but I wouldn't get very many or I would get the ones that I wasn't necessarily happy about. And I don't, I'm the type of person that I don't like surprises. I would rather you tell me what's going on just because I've had so many like surprises that weren't in my mind, like the right kinds of surprises. And then I was drained by it, not because they were giving it to me. And like, I so appreciated it, but just Mm -hmm. because of the fact that I had to show an extra amount of energy to like compensate it because they were happier to be giving it than I was to receiving it. And I had to meet them at their energy. Mm -hmm. But over the years, I just was like, okay, well, if nobody else is getting me the kind of gifts that I want to receive, who's going to step up and do that? Nobody else. So I need to start giving myself gifts. So literally, I will go out and get myself gifts and wrap them up and put them under my own tree and be like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Thank you so much. Because it's not even just a gift from you. It's a gift from the universe. You know, in a way, like if you like you receive things from the universe through people. So if you want to receive something and nobody else is getting it for you, that's a sign to you that you need to get it for yourself. And that's how you're going to make yourself happy. And then eventually other people are going to catch on that you like receiving gifts because you're wrapping them up yourself, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and also you can have that conversation. (laughs) I love that subtle sign. Just like take random pictures, post them on social media and be like, I gifted this to myself. Merry Christmas to myself. And people will be like, oh, okay, she likes presents. Okay, let's gift her stuff. (laughs) Exactly. And the more that you talk about receiving gifts around the certain people you want to receive gifts from. And like the more that you say it, you know, if you don't want to be totally 100% direct, um, Mm -hmm. you will get the most results by being 100% direct. But if you want to more subtly hint at it, that's how you can do it. I love that. And I think that's going to be very useful for everyone that's listening, because I know that is something that I've talked with multiple people on both sides, right? Like I've talked about people receiving gifts they don't like or not liking gifts and people still gifting them. And on the other side, like me, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people that are like, I'm dying to get a surprise birthday party, but no one's ever done one for me. And I'm like, oh my God, me too. And stuff like that. So I feel like those conversations and the tips that you just mentioned are going to be gold. So last kind of like topic questions that I want to ask you. And I know we didn't talk about this, but seeing as you're like human design expert, psychology and everything is like your love and background. So what happens if you are not a fan of the holidays? How do you actually deal with everything that has to do with holidays around this time? This is also a very interesting topic to me because I've struggled with holidays over the past few years because the person that I used to spend the holidays with the most um, actually passed away four years ago. And literally, like, I could not really enjoy the holidays when I was trying to because I just, I wanted, I longed for that person to still be around. I I longed, it was my grandma. Um, And I mean, I spent every single holiday, no matter what it was, 4th of July, Memorial Day, my birthday, you know, Christmas, Halloween, like literally all of them. (laughs) So no matter what holiday it is, um, it really just depends on what's going on around it. And trying to figure out what the trigger point is to why you feel this way about the holiday itself, because it's not necessarily the holiday or the holiday spirit or anything going on with that, unless, you know, it's like, 
um, the fact that you're, you don't want to celebrate Christmas because you're not a Christian or something else, you know, that's more of a belief, mm-hmm. which is all still fine, but it's like trying to figure out what it is necessarily and kind of meeting the world where it's at for both why you why you have been triggered and figuring out like, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? What can I use this for and take this forward and take this as a lesson for in the future? And then also just kind of trying to look at it from a different perspective. Um, one of the ones that helps me out the most is, you know, like I'm not, I'm a Christian, but I don't always feel a hundred percent like good with saying Merry Christmas. Like it, it does because of the fact that I love Christmas and I love the holiday spirit. I love the fact that people are more generous and more giving and more just kind of open to like recognizing other people in the world as just being human beings and not being somebody like that's out to get them or, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's not like strangers just on the street. Like I've actually been uh, a red kettle bell ringer in the, in the past because of the fact that I just wanted to bring so much Christmas joy to other people. Like, and it didn't even matter if somebody says Merry Christmas to me, I'll say happy holidays. Or if they say happy holidays to me, I'll say Merry Christmas. Like it really doesn't matter because they're meaning the same thing. They're meaning, I hope that you are having a wonderful time right now. I hope that you know that you are loved. I hope that you know that you are appreciated. I hope that you are spending this time with your family. And that's really what Christmas time is all about for me and why I loved Christmas so much because it was family-based. And there's so many people that feel like it's such a materialistic holiday when Mm -hmm. it's only the, the events that are going on in the world only have the meaning that you give to them. So if you think that it is materialistic, if you are saying that, you know, Christmas is only about the marketing, it's only about like, you know, people trying to make money and all that stuff. That's all you're going to see because that's what you feel because that's what you believe. That's what, that's what you're choosing to focus on. And it is a choice. It is a choice to focus on that. However, if you choose to see it as I get two weeks off from, well, I think right now it's like a month from school to be home and be at home with family and spend time with family. I get time off of work to be with family. If you're not getting time off of work and you're getting time to work, I'm, I have time to go to work and make more money because right now people are more generous. Like there's There's a positive aspect, no matter what way you look at it, you just have to focus on it instead of focusing on the negative. And that goes with everything in life, not just holidays, but you know, everything in life. Yeah. I love that. So did you do anything specific for you that helped you kind of like get back into the holiday spirit? Because I know family as well, like you mentioned, what happens if you don't have family? What happens if a tragic accident happened and you're alone? Like, how did you actually do tangible things to start getting back into, you know what? It's actually not that bad. I still like the holidays. I, it doesn't matter if I don't have family, whatever it is, I'm okay by myself. I buy myself presents. So like what tiny things did you do that could help other people that might be in the same situation? Um, so for me with losing my grandma and pretty much losing my holiday spirit because of the fact that I lost my grandma, it was more so about it was the fact that I wasn't grieving. I wasn't allowing myself to grieve because I wasn't allowing myself to feel. Because when I allow myself to feel, I cry like overwhelmingly. Like I will be falling for hours at a time <laughs> and then I'll reemerge for food at some point, <laughs> you know. But like it's allowing yourself to feel, allowing yourself to do what you want to do. It doesn't have to be the stereotypical 
like, oh, I'm going to sit around and watch Christmas movies and drink hot chocolate and do that stuff. Like do what matters to you because it matters to you and it makes you happy, not necessarily because you have to. And if, if it is about, you know, like, let's say you just broke up with your significant other and it's like really hard to kind of go and do things alone, recognize that you're around friends or you're around family. You're still around people that love you. And you can even fill more of your time with those people if being around them makes you feel better. The same thing goes for, um, like now I like to watch my Christmas movies alone sometimes just because of the fact that I will cry during them because of the fact that it brings up memories of my grandma. And it's getting out the pain so you can start feeling the good memories behind it. So it's figuring out what makes you happy about it and how you can take those little steps, whether or not it's baking some cookies or, you know, finding, finding what it is that you do like about the holidays and then celebrating that, just taking the steps to celebrate that and making yourself happy. I love that. Those are great tips. And I think they're going to be super useful. So I have one last question for you before we go into the quick rapid fire fun questions. Um, this is my favorite question. I always ask it to every guest that comes on because I love all the range of answers that I get. So I'm pretty sure at one point or another, see what I did there? Pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure at one point or another, you felt like you were alone, like you were the only one living through a situation. Maybe it was like a fear, a thought, whatever it was. So tell us what it was and what you would tell other people that might be in the same situation or feeling. Oof. <laughs> So as we talked about already, my grandma passed away during that time. I was in a relationship and I was living with him in our apartment and I was actually working with him at the same place um, as well. And within a matter of months, my grandma had passed away um, late September that year, that Christmas time, I wasn't allowed to put up too many Christmas lights or like Christmas tree or decorations or anything like that. So it was like another thing. And then he eventually, like a couple months later, started making me feel like I was crazy. Like he would tell me, like he was lying straight to my face. And I knew it because my gut knew it. My intuition knew it. Like my instinct knew it. Everything about it was just a lie. But he would, I tried to trust him so much because I mean, with everything I was going through already, like I just, I couldn't. I didn't want to have to deal with that too. So that was pushed aside. So then like literally it just kept one thing after the next, after the next. And then even after that, like um, we actually had broken up. Uh, He broke up with me, (laughs) not me breaking up with him. Like he broke up with me because you know, that power control thing. And my work life turned to crap because of the fact that he started talking to every single person that I was working with, telling them like our relationship story in his, you know, slighted view about it. So literally everybody at my work, and I'm not the type of person to talk about the other person. Like I know what happened. I don't have to prove myself to these people. I go in, I make my money, I go home. Like I'm here to do a job and that's what I'm doing. So all of these people were being so rude and disrespectful to me, disgraceful, disrespectful to me. So literally I, at work, unbearable at home, living with him, unbearable. Like the fact that I didn't even have my grandma to go to, to talk to about it, unbearable. Like I ended up going to see a therapist because I was like, I need help. I literally like, it's 
it is not a stigma to go and get yourself help. Literally, you're doing the same thing if you go to friends. They are your therapist. They're your step-in therapist at the time. But I ended up, because I was like, I can't, I don't know how to handle this. Like, I've never been through this much crap all at the same time. If they were like singular events over time, maybe. But I needed somebody else to just talk to and get this out for and like, you know, literally have help. And what's funny is the only thing that I ended up talking to my therapist about for the first like six months was my grandma. We didn't even get to anything else until like November. (laughs) And I started going there in March or May or something. So it was crazy. But I had so much to unpack for all of that. and. I guess the way that I got through it was the fact that, well, it, it's what my grandma had instilled in me because she went through grief when she was younger. Um, her youngest daughter committed suicide when she was 21. And so my grandma used to talk about grief a lot. And she used to say, you know, it's, it's kind of like you're swimming in the ocean and it has no end. You know, you don't want to get up. You don't want to do it. But, you know, God never gives you more than you can handle and it never rains forever. So you have to take it however you can take it, whether that's year by year, month by month, week by week, day by day, or even just minute by minute, you know, try to stay as centered and grounded in the present as possible and try to look at how many things that you have that are positive so that you can keep moving forward. You know, so the things that I would focus on were like, okay, I may not like this situation, but at least I have a job. I may not like the situation with my boyfriend, but at least I know what has happened here. And at least I know that I can move forward from it and that I won't have to deal with it again. Mm -hmm. I may not have my grandma here right now, but at least I did have her. And at least I did have all these lessons and things that she taught me. So it's finding that silver lining and it's, I'm the, me saying it right now, it sounds easy. (laughs) You know, everything sounds easy. (laughs) It's not, but it is worth it. And Mm -hmm. it will help you like get forward and keep moving forward and keep trying to move forward and go to your friends, spend time with your friends and your family that you do have, you know, and like, let them help you. And I think that's one of the things that we have a problem with as a human is that we don't like having other people help us because we try to be in that, Oh, I'm so self-sufficient. Like I have all of this, I have all my crap together. Like we're good. We're good. We got this. Like, I don't have to tell anybody what I'm going through or what I'm feeling, you know, but it's like, if you never let anybody in, nobody can ever help you. And sometimes all you need to, all you need is just to have somebody listen or just to have somebody help you or just to have somebody hug you. I mean, I don't know how many times I just sat around with my friends. We didn't even say anything. We just watched friends. (laughs) We watched friends and we drank hot chocolate and we ate pizza, like all of that. And then, you know, like slowly, slowly I was rebuilding myself and refining myself and redefining what life meant to me and why I liked my life and why I wanted my life instead of anybody else's. I love that. And those are, wow, just, it sounds like you say, it sounds easy, but it definitely is not because I've been there not grieving, but you know, similar situations where like, I have so many things happening and I'm like, Oh my God, I got through it and I'm like, okay, it wasn't as bad as I saw it in the moment. Like obviously acknowledging that it was shit in the moment, but yeah, a hundred percent agree with you. Okay. And and also, um, I just want to say as well, like don't minimize what you're going through either because your experience is so unique and the way that it feels to you might be the exact way that I felt 
all of my stuff that I just mentioned. You know, it's it's all relative. So uh, another thing that people have a tendency to do is like guilt themselves into thinking, oh, well, my life isn't that bad. So like, why am I feeling this way? You know, you feel a certain way because you feel a certain way. It's how you react to the feeling that is telling of where you're going to keep going. And that's, you know, just don't shame yourself. Don't guilt yourself. Like you will, you'll get there. Just let yourself be yourself. (laughs) I love that reminder. Okay. So last part of the interview, a couple of lighthearted questions to end with a, not going to say happy note because it's been a great conversation, but you know, a different note. So people can get to know a bit more about you. So first question, this is my mom's favorite question. She always listens. What person dead or alive would you love to have dinner with if you could? Uh, My grandma, hundred percent. I knew you were going to say that, but I was like, I still have to ask. (laughs) Literally one of my favorite dreams that I ever had was um, just me sitting at my grandma's house playing pinnacle with my grandma and my grandpa as we were watching like some Laurel and Hardy in the background. I don't know if anybody knows what pinnacle or Laurel and Hardy is. Pinnacle is like the longer version of Euchre. (laughs) And Laurel and Hardy is a black and white old comedy TV show. But literally that was my favorite dream. And I had like an angel that was like, would you rather stay here or go into a different dream? And I was like, no, I'm staying here forever. Thank you. (laughs) And so literally that will always be my answer. My grandma. Oh, I love that. Okay. Um, if you, would you rather lose a year off your life or go to jail for a year? Ooh, probably go to jail for a year. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be a very eye-opening experience. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I'm a, I'm like a little that. timid to say that out loud because it's like I don't I don't want to manifest that into reality. I don't know why I would go to jail. But yeah. Well, you could be out having too many cats. <laughs> Love that. Okay, since we're in the Christmas mood, what is your favorite Christmas song? Oh, probably Believe by Josh Groban. Okay, I've actually never heard of that one, so I'm going to download it and listen to it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, It's from the movie The Polar Express, and it's literally why I got my first tattoo. Uh, It says Believe on my wrist, so, yeah. I love that. Okay, I'm definitely going to listen to that. So if you could go anywhere in the world right now, COVID aside and money aside, where would you want to go? Italy. To Rome. Okay. Are you more of a junk food or healthy food person? Healthy food, unless it's chocolate. <laughs> Spicy or sweet things? Spicy. Okay. Are you more of a night owl or morning person? Morning. And who inspires you? Still my grandma. Oh. I love that. I can feel the love that you have for her all the way here. So I'm happy you had that. And sorry you went through that. But you know, you have all these great memories. You have her inspiration. So you're going to have her for the rest of your life in your mind. And she's going to be with you, right? Thank you so much, Lilith. Honestly, this has been so exciting. So amazing. Get to talk about Christmas. Get to talk about gifts. It's been like the highlight of my morning. But that just means it's going to be a great day. (laughs) Because it's currently 
9.30 a.m. here. So thank you so, so much for being here. Um, I will put the link to your Instagram in the description so people can go follow you. They can go stalk you. They can go ask you human design manifestation questions. You can even work with them. They can hire you, whatever it is. And as always, if you want to keep listening, if you want to listen to the live interviews that I do on Thursdays, go to check out at Pretty Sure Podcast on Instagram. And I will see you guys next week. Thank you so, so much, Lilith, for being here. It has been my true pleasure to talk to you about gift giving, to talk about the holidays, and to share Christmas love with someone that probably understands my um, infatuation with Christmas. Before we go, I want to remind you that you can check the link in the description for the discount code link to purchase your favorite Scarlet Lady LA candle. Remember, they're fun, they're bold, they're also luxurious, and most importantly, they are sustainable. And this is truly a feat that is close to my heart because, like I've mentioned before, I'm vegan, I love protecting the environment, and I think brands can do so much better. So, whenever I find an amazing brand that is making steps in the right direction, I love to talk about them. So, go ahead. Buy your friends a Scarlet Lady a candle, buy your lover a Scarlet Lady candle, or even your mom, whoever it is, make their day, and you can also make them giggle a little bit because of their boldness. Remember, they're soy-waxed, unbleached cotton wicks, and the most important part, they're sustainable. So anyway, having said that, having given you already a discount code, having given you kind of like a gift guide, I'm going to be saying peace out. And remember, if you want to follow us and listen to live episodes, we do those every Thursday. It's on Instagram at Pretty Sure Podcast. I will also be linking the fabulous guest Lilith's Instagram in the description. And lastly, if you want to go check out those amazing candles, go check out at the Scarlet Lady LA on Instagram. That's it for now. And I will see you next week. Peace out, everybody.